Mitchum Buenas. I am really excited today to have Lakin on the podcast. They are the Borderlands campaigner for the Center for Biological Diversity and wanted to have them on today to talk about the border wall construction that has very negatively affected the Sonoran Desert's ecosystem and desecrated Tohonotum sacred sites as well. But kind of before going into that, Lakin just wanted to ask um, if you could give us a bit of background about yourself and how you came to work for the Center for Biological Diversity. Yeah, happily, and thanks so much for having me. Um, so I really started my career, my conservation career, working with the National Park Service. Um, and growing up, like it was my dream to be a park ranger. Um, <laughs> and like so many other kids. Um, so, and, and I was able to work at a number of different national parks, including Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument and Big Bend, okay, which are two beautiful wilderness areas right along the border. Mm -hmm. um, and in my time there, I was just stunned to see the impacts of border militarization on wilderness land, on endangered species. Um, and I was even more heartbroken that the Park Service just seemed to take no responsibility whatsoever for the mm. huge amount of death and disappearance happening in these wilderness areas. Mm. Um, you know, their bodies were covered um, every week in peak season right. at Oregon Pipe. Um, and, and it just seemed like that the Park Service and the people working there were so unable and unwilling to actually ask, okay, what are the factors leading to this huge amount of death and disappearance right. in protected landscapes? Um, and why are we so unwilling to push back against these factors when they're also destroying everything that park is supposed to be protecting. Right. Um, so Trump took office when I was still working at Oregon Pipe. Um, and at that point, I realized I need to uh, leave the park service, not work for the government anymore. Yeah. Um, and become an advocate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than a bureaucrat. Um, so found a home at the center and I've been here for um, a bit over three years now based in Tucson, Arizona. That's really great. And what do you do as the Borderlands campaigner? <laughs> oh, man, it changes every day. Um, sure. You know, uh, initially, we were doing uh, a lot of, of policy work, of lobbying. We were trying to convince Congress to not fund any of Trump's destructive border wall. Mm -hmm. um, we were largely successful in that endeavor. Um, and then Trump declared the national emergency and stole $15 billion with, with which he is now <laughs> using to wall off Arizona and a lot of the rest of the borderlands. Um, so as construction has ramped up, um, our, our work has transitioned into um, protest actions on the ground, um, into a lot of, of media work and video work, you know, trying to make people around the country aware of, of what's really happening on the border and all that's being destroyed. Um, and now it's, it's been exciting to work with a coalition of groups um, all across the country, um, environmental groups, but also immigrant rights groups, human rights groups, faith-based groups, um, on a plan to stop wall construction, mm. uh, rehabilitate and restore so much of what, has Trump, what Trump's destroyed, um, and also to take down sections of wall where they're causing the most harm. So right. obviously our work has gone through a pretty monumental shift um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and we're yeah. excited to finally have an opportunity um, to have some some impact on, on on the policy level discussions that are happening. Right. So can you speak to how much of the wall Trump was able to build and um, what parts are most destructive, as as you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
it's it's interesting. People get really confused about whether or not Trump is actually building the wall. We've heard a lot of journalists say, oh, it's not really new wall, it's replacing existing barriers. Um, but that is a complete lie because mm. what's happening is they are replacing these tiny uh, three foot high vehicle barriers that are mm-hmm. permeable to wildlife that people could jump over or okay. under with a 30 foot wall that stops pretty much all species of wildlife dead in their tracks. Um, and in total, about 400 miles of wall have been built. Um, and honestly, Arizona has been hit the hardest. We've seen mm. these walls rip through wildlife refuges, wilderness areas, national monuments, um, and also communities, of course. Um, but yeah, the impacts have just been, been devastating um, because these walls are going up with no environmental analysis and the Trump administration has waived every single one of the most important uh, environmental and cultural resource protection laws uh, that we have. So there's no consultation with indigenous groups like the Tanahapa. Mm-hmm. There's no adherence to the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. Oh, there's wow. no thought given to the impacts these walls have on endangered species and wildlife migration. Um, and yeah, as a result, I mean, we have seen our entire border region just be decimated this year in ways that we've never before seen. And what is the request now of the Biden-Harris administration? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, we're demanding that they halt all construction uh, on their first day in office. Mm-hmm. And that means canceling these construction contracts, sending the workers packing. Um, mm-hmm. That's you know our first immediate ask, um, but that's just the beginning. Um, we also desperately need a plan to remove sections of wall where, where mm-hmm. they're causing the most harm. Um, And I think perhaps most importantly, um, we need reconciliation and reparations for border communities, for Mm -hmm. indigenous nations that have lost so much. Um, And, and, you know, we're hopeful um, because in so many ways, uh, indigenous communities like the Tanatham are what put Biden over the top in Arizona. Um, And he certainly owes it to these frontline communities. Um, You know, I think he'll, 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 he should come through for us. Um, and I think, you know, he's already met with tribal leadership of the Otham. Um, he's committed to stopping wall construction. Um, mm. We're hopeful for that, but we're also under no illusions <laughs> that he's going to just be a champion for the border. You know, right. he voted for wall funding. He <laughs> championed right. harsh border security. He has been so willing to sell out the borderlands in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that, you know, if there's one thing Trump has done is, is, is make, most Americans realize that the wall is nothing more than a farce, uh, than a racist symbol. It serves no purpose. Um, and I think the political realities have changed a lot since Joe Biden really was championing harsh border security measures. Yeah, I really hope so. And I do agree that he has a moral obligation to the communities that put him into in office. So all the Black, mm-hmm. Indigenous, and Latinx organizers across Arizona are people who he should be listening to, but we'll say we'll stay tuned to see if that actually happens. Um, You mentioned that the Native American uh, law related to Native American grave sites was not followed. Does that mean that some of the sacred sites that of Tonod and people that were desecrated included grave sites? Yes, it does. That is so horrific. That's so violent. It's, it's, it's basically, you know, government sanctioned genocide. It's the erasure of, yes. of cultural history of artifacts, yes. um, the systematic oppression of, of, of a people. 
Um, and, you know, the Atham, their leadership and their tribal members have been so completely cut out of this process. Mm. Um, the tribal chairman was recently talking about um, the blasting that was happening on Monument Hill, which is a oh, sacred wow. site where there are indigenous remains. Um, and he said the Border Patrol called him on the morning that they were starting <gasps> to blast and gave him not even a couple hours notice. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you imagine receiving that phone call? You know, this is so like, oh, hey. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be detonating thousands of pounds of ammonium nitrate explosives directly adjacent to some of your ancestors' remains, right. um, and you have no opportunity to weigh in to stop this. Um, and uh, you know, one of the most despicable things um, on a long list of despicable things that the Border Patrol does right. is they do all of this PR where they make statements to media saying that oh, we we are consulting with local communities and indigenous mm -hmm. groups when in reality they've waived every law and process that would have allowed the Autumn and other border communities to actually weigh in on right. this project. I mean, right. it's the definition of doublespeak. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see <laughs> how that agency changes its communications uh, in a Biden administration. Um, you know, obviously, we don't think that they should exist at all. Right. <laughs> and I think in reality, there's going to be some serious cuts and, and, and some clearing of, of staff um, at DHS because they have perpetrated some of the most egregious human rights violations and environmental crimes that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. Yeah. I really, I just really hope that the Biden-Harris ticket, that the, pre that the president, vice president, recognize that because I'm also thinking about that photo of Kamala posing mm. with border patrol agents at the wall. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, Biden appointing Cecilia Munoz yep. to his cabinet. It's just kind of a huge fuck you. And like, just, yeah. just it seems like going back to Obama era immigration enforcement, which was horrific. Absolutely. Um, so that has me worried. I appreciate your optimistic sentiment mm -hmm. um, because I think this is why we really need to listen to border residents because border residents see the horrifying violence. Yes. Um, and people in DC like Kamala and Joe yeah. can, can, they don't see it, they don't live it. And so they can like play their the border is a political pawn, but it's really important to listen to the Tohono O'odham people whose ancestors' graves are being desecrated. It's just, it's when you think about the original violence that is the founding of the United States, it's unthinkable that this could be happening in 2020. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it is just the latest iteration of, of Manifest Destiny and Dispossession. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, I think... In, in, in the coming weeks, we'll certainly get a better sense of, you know, who really will be making the calls. Um, you know, we're, we're really hopeful that, that the Biden-Harris team will, will tap um, Deb Holland for Interior Secretary. She'd be the first mm -hmm. Indigenous woman from the presidential yeah. cabinet. And she has been, um, you know, she, she, she was asking the sharpest and most direct questions uh, when uh, Chad Wolf was testifying on mm -hmm. the Hill in D.C., um, she has been a champion of of the Autumn, um, a champion against the border wall. And certainly if she's appointed as the boss of, of our nation's public lands, um, that will be a very good sign yeah. um, that we should have some real reconciliation um, along the border in, in the years right. to come. Right. 
Right, that's so important. Can you explain a bit why um, the 30 foot wall versus the three foot mm -hmm. slates that are separated um, are distinct and what, like what effect the, the wall has on the migration of species? Yeah, so when I worked at Oregon Pipe um, back in 2016, the border there was made up of these vehicle barriers. And they're, yeah, they're basically like three foot high uh, railroad ties that have been welded together. Um, you know, I could jump right over it and wind up on the other side of the border. Uh, we've seen wildlife cross over and under these barriers. Um, the one thing those vehicle barriers do is stop the ingress of vehicles across mm -hmm. the border which is actually good for conservation because that means vehicles aren't driving through wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, initially that was, they were installed during the Bush era and the Bush administration wanted to build a wall through Oregon pipe. Um, oh, wow. The park service pushed back and said, we, we don't need a wall here. Mm -hmm. um, we, we don't want a wall here. It would be disastrous for uh, the wildlife um, because, you know, Oregon pipe is just one piece of this, uh, massive ecosystem right. that, that is part of the shared by national border uh, just south of Oregon Pipe there are two beautiful national park protected areas in Mexico um, so if you build a 30-foot wall right through the middle of that ecosystem um, you're, you're, you're cutting an impermeable scar through that entire community um, and that stops wildlife migration that disrupts gene flow um, that stops animals ability to find food or water um, you know, this, this August, I was sent a picture of uh, a mule deer that had died in the shadow of the border wall. Mm. Um, and this deer was walking south, um, and I had some, some of my colleagues out there were telling me about um, seeing other deer trying to migrate south because it was really, really hot and dry August. We got almost no rainfall this year. Mm -hmm, um, oftentimes, right. they'll, they'll go south into the agricultural fields near Sonoita in Sonora um, and, and find food and water there. But this year, when they tried to do that, just like they've done for, <laughs> for centuries, they were stopped by this massive metal wall. Wow. Um, and at least one of them was, was killed. Um, and it, it, it was just, its carcass was just there in the shadow of the wall. Um, and that's a fate met by so many other species of wildlife. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely devastating, especially in the desert where food and water are, are so scarce and where wildlife need to roam great distances to, to find what they need to survive. Right. What is gene flow? Gene flow. So um, genetic connectivity. So if you have like one large uh, community of animals and then you mm -hmm. build a wall through the middle of that community, um, you are making it more likely that those animals will suffer from inbreeding. Um, oh, and wow. More vulnerable to disease. Um, basically, genetic diversity uh, right. for animals, just like for humans, is really important. Um, so we're seeing more and more of these uh, animal communities be fragmented and that's exactly how extinction happens. Wow. So which species were endangered prior to the build, the erecting of the 30 foot wall and are there any that have become endangered in the process of the construction? Yeah, great question. So um, back in the early days <laughs> before they had actually broken ground on the border wall. Um, we did an assessment looking at all the endangered species along the border that would be impacted by construction. Um, and we found 93 different threatened and endangered species that would be impacted, that would be 
harmed by border wall construction. Um, wow. And those are species like the jaguar and the ocelot in Arizona. Oh, the jaguar. Yes, this, this kills me. So I heard that the, yeah. that the wall is really impacting jaguar migration. Yes, absolutely. And, and right now, the sections that they're working on are encroaching into these jaguar corridors and these high, beautiful, rugged mountains. Mm. Um, and basically, if they want all these, these small corridors off that the jaguars use to migrate up from Sonora into Arizona, um, I mean, that's going to be the end of jaguar recovery. Um, these beautiful cats need a huge amount of land to roam through. Um, and, you know, they're, they're native to Arizona and New Mexico and Texas, but we had basically hunted them out of existence here. Oh, wow. Um, in the last, yeah, so in the last two decades, um, they've been making a comeback. We've documented seven different jaguars on trail cameras in Arizona and New Mexico. Um, but if this wall goes up, I mean, that's that's it. That's the end. There's no way they can make it here. There's no way they can recolonize this area. Um, and that's just such an immense loss for, for all of us here. Right. So are the numbers that low that you are tracking the number of jaguars is less than 10? Correct. In, wow. Yeah. And, and a lot of them um, actually come into the U.S. when they're young adolescent males. Um, they fatten up, they get really strong and sexy, and they go back south of the border, <laughs> and then they find a mate down there. So, so far, we've only documented males in the U.S., um, but there are breeding populations of jaguars just south of the border in Mexico. Um, and the goal, of course, is to eventually have breeding pairs in mm -hmm. Arizona, in New Mexico, and that will show that they truly have recolonized this land and that they are thriving here. Mm. So if, when that one species goes extinct that also kind of totally disrupts the rest of the ecosystem right so yep. if jaguars are totally extinct what effect would that have on the surrounding ecosystem yeah great question um i mean life as we know it is so deeply interconnected mm -hmm. um you know you're 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 in school elementary school and you learn about the food chain um and how if you take out chinks of that chain um, that will cause the pro proliferation of, of prey species. You know, so if we kill all the predators, um, prey species will end up overpopulating mm. and wiping themselves out because they eat all of the food. Um, so it's just like, you know, we have already pulled so many uh, threads out of this patchwork that is our ecosystem. Um, and, and it just really worries me with projects like, like the border wall um, I mean, it's just like, how many more can we pull out before the entire thing just starts to unravel? Right. Right. And can you talk a bit more about the, the kind of landscape and like the, the geographic uniqueness of mm -hmm. organ pipe? And um, I think there's also an issue. Is it true that though, that the wall would cut through springs that are also really important for mm -hmm. the surrounding area? Yeah. So Oregon Pipe, I mean, I urge everybody to go see this place because it really is one of the most really spectacular so deserts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the heart of the Sonoran Desert. Um, I mean, this is, this is the center of, of the biggest protected desert anywhere in North America. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's, of course, factoring in the protected areas in Mexico as well, mm. um, which are equally stunning, if not even more so. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's the wettest desert in North America, so the plant diversity is just so immense 
and we have these wild cactuses that look like they're out of a Dr. Seuss novel, uh, the organ pipe, the sanita, and the saguaro cactus. Um, you know, the organ pipe cactus doesn't live anywhere else in the United States, except wow. for at Organ Pipe Cactus National Monument. And that's why it's so enraging and devastating mm -hmm. to watch the government destroying these spectacular plants that don't live anywhere else with impunity in order to make way for the, for the border wall. Um, right. You know, I was down there almost every week uh, over the course of this last year. And every time I'd go down to document construction, we would find freshly butchered cactuses. Um, and in Arizona, it's a felony to destroy a swar or an organ pipe. Like you could be <laughs> facing jail time for doing oh. that. And yet the Trump administration is, is down here just <laughs> butchering them day in and day out with total impunity. Um, and of course, <laughs> that begs the question. It's like, what is the point of having laws that protect things if the government can just decide to waive them and break right. them and destroy everything that we all want to see protected? Um, right. And it's, I mean, I think that's a deep irony with this whole border wall project and with border militarization. You know, it's done in the name of law and order. It's done in the name of, of, of public safety and protection. Um, but in reality, the Trump administration waived every single law in order to rush this project. Right. Um, and Border Patrol regularly violates our civil liberties um, mm -hmm. because they say they're keeping us safe. Um, and I think, you know, it's far past time to take a hard look at the factors driving the system um, <laughs> and to end this, this, this lawlessness, which is actually making our communities far less safe than they would be otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I think it is really important to point out the irony of border militarization, you know, specific, you know these agencies like Border Patrol being about safety when yeah. their actions and the structures that are built to aid them are actually killing this really precious and unique ecosystem and also leading to the deaths of so many people, like you said, like working in organ pipe. Yeah. Monument is also an experience of witnessing so much human death. Yes, Be because of of border militarization and how it's pushed people into the toughest corridors of the desert. Yeah, exactly, and and it's just like, it just really shook me working at, at at Oregon Pipe with the Park Service. Like no one was willing to even acknowledge it. You know, we were working in a graveyard, and right. there wasn't so much as a single memorial um, oh, to so what has happened. And, 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 and that just, yeah, that really sealed the deal for me in terms of like not being able to be a government bureaucrat anymore. Right. So what do you, do you see any kind of hope for mm -hmm. the National Park Service to come out in a productive way? Like, like, was it that at the time you were there that leadership was not effective, but mm -hmm. let's say if there was a new secretary of the interior, do you think that the National Park Service could have a role in, for example, um, kind of memorializing the death that has occurred and also pushing back on any policies that will increase death? Yeah, um, I think they'll have an opportunity. And I think even more than that, they will have an imperative <laughs> right. to, to do that and to reconcile with the Tahanatham and other indigenous groups. Um, right. that have been so excluded from the decision-making process. Um, you know, the Park Service arrested and threw in jail two Indigenous women right. who were trying to save Quito Vaquito Springs. 
which mm -hmm. is a deeply sacred, miraculous desert oasis uh, on the border at Oregon Pipe that is being destroyed right now for border wall construction. Um, and it was, oh, it was so mystifying to me to watch some of my old colleagues, you know, with the Park Service uh, <gasps> insignia on their vests, um, assaulting and arresting indigenous women who were trying to protect the land. Indigenous right. women who were doing the Park Service's job for them when the Park Service completely failed uh, to step up and, 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 and actually protect these resources. Um, right. You know, those, uh, those women are still being charged. Um, they, they could face serious jail time. They were already thrown in jail during a pandemic um, in right. order to punish them for speaking out. And, you know, of course, they were completely nonviolent, courageous right. actions right. taken. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, in the last few months, we have seen the Park Service take a more active role at enforcing uh, wall construction, um, you know, cracking down on protests. And recently they closed off all public access to Quito Baquito, um, which was so wow. mystifying. <laughs> you know, and that so, includes yeah, two yeah. tribal members. So I have, you know, a number of my friends who are Atom um, were not allowed to go out to visit their sacred spring. Um, and that, I mean, that should just enrage anyone. Right. Um, you know, the Park Service then said, oh, you can apply for a permit and we might allow some people to go out there. And you would have a, a situation where uh, a non-Indigenous white superintendent is deciding mm -hmm. what qualifies as a legitimate cultural use from people on their ancestral land. Right. Um, so yes, there, 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 there's going to be uh, a lot of reconciliation work uh, to do at the Park Service. Um, and I think, you know, especially if someone like Deb Holland is picked as, as the interior boss, um, I think that work will, will actually start to happen. Um, right. And I certainly think that, you know, the superintendent and the staff at Oregon Pipe um, owe the Atom uh, some serious time, energy, and resources. Um, and, you know, my, my dream is, is that uh, the indigenous tribes actually have a more active role in managing the lands that are rightfully theirs that were stolen right. from them. Um, right. So, yeah, that's another real long conversation, but I, I am I am hopeful. Yeah, I think that's particularly important when we're talking about their sacred sites, like the Kitova Springs should uh -huh. be, definitely they should already have access to it. And I think it's um, very offensive how in U.S. law, the there's been um, a kind of a total dismissal of the validity of indigenous religious practices. Um, like the case law is just so bad. There's also the San Francisco Peaks, um, yeah. which also in Arizona, and there's um, sewage that goes through the sacred site. And there was a case to try and stop this from occurring because you know, just like it's it's in this Judeo Christian society, yeah. it would be like the equivalent of like shit flowing through a Christian church, yeah. and yeah. that would uh, that would offend their people would be in arms about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the court ruled against mm -hmm. indigenous folks and said that um, the construction didn't infringe on their religious beliefs and. <laughs> This is this is kind of more of the same um, to think that you would just, you know, to arbitrarily block access to the sacred site, I think is also just that's like, that's yeah. malicious behavior. 
Absolutely. And, you know, in the, in the San Francisco peak snowmaking scenario, you have these egregious, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, dumping wastewater on a sacred site was deemed illegal by a judge so people could go skiing. So right, right. Could go recreate. Right. And in the situation with the border wall, um, you know, border communities, tribal nations, most people in Arizona and other border states reject these walls. We know that they do nothing to make us safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it's being built uh, in a ploy to try and win Trump re-election so he can have something to brag about. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just like all of these, these horrific things are, 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 are happening. Indigenous people are, are still being persecuted and brushed aside um, to serve the interests of the capitalist class. Um, <laughs> and rich businessmen being Donald Trump or, or, or dentist from Scottsdale. Oh God. Well, Lincoln, I think those are actually all the questions that I had. Um, is there anything that you feel like we didn't get to touch on? Um, no, I mean, I think <laughs> we had some really, yeah, really nice conversations. Um, I guess maybe I'll just kind of like leave it with one, one final plea. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, the borderlands uh, as a region and, and border issues have received so much uh, attention during the Trump era. And that's been really important because of just how egregious everything that has happened over the four years, last four years has been. Um, I am fearful <laughs> mm-hmm. that people will stop paying attention to us right. when Biden and Harris take office. Right. I'm fearful that, uh, people across the country will forget that injustice on the border has been around a lot longer than just the last four years when Trump was in office. Um, And I just, I urge people to um, continue to have these conversations, continue fighting for us. Um, You know, injustice here (laughs) has lasted a very long time and we're going to need a a big collective push um, to try and, and right so many of the wrongs that have happened here over the last four years and the last 400 years. Yeah, I think it's really important to say that because I think people are looking for this administration to be a respite and to, you know, I think there's a lot of people who want to go back to brunch, you know, that kind of metaphor (laughs) slash like literal example. So that's Um, real. But like immigration, border security is actually precisely the areas that we are most scared of them of biden and harris mm. enacting harmful policies can you know kind of continuing to do more of the same of what they've done in the past so i do really also urge people to continue thinking about the border ecosystem the tonal autumn lands and the all the violence that the border wall creates for migrants who are trying to come to yes. us as well yeah and 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 just one last point um you know We've often heard Biden and other middle-of-the-road Democrats tout virtual surveillance technology. Mm. You know, we hear about uh, smart walls, quote-unquote smart walls, which are anything but. Um, and I just want to make it clear, like, you know, if, if, if we continue to pump billions of dollars into enforcement and surveillance and technology along the border, uh, that does nothing to solve the crisis of death and disappearance here on the border. Right. Um, and, you know, as someone who has an environmental background and works with an environmental organization, um, I think a lot of environmentalists are tempted to say, oh, let's just <laughs> secure the border with cameras. Um, and, and, and that sort of pivot is unhelpful and it's also deadly. 
Um, and until we address the root causes of death and disappearance and wealth inequality, um, none of these issues are going anywhere. Right. Um, so yeah, I urge people to look at these issues as the big systemic existential issues that they are. Great. Well, again, thanks so much for being on the podcast and hope you have a great rest of your day and hope to have you back on the podcast again. Likewise. Yeah, let's chat. Time. <laughs> All right. Bye.